0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Today, we are doing kind of, you know, back to the roots of the podcast. When I first started the podcast, I wanted to basically dive into a lot of faith topics. It was going to be faith, politics, and history. It's kind of moved a lot towards the history side. But every so often, I do like to go and kind of do a faith topic And my little niece got dedicated um, at church the other week, and it brought up all these questions about baptism, because I also have, you know, a a decent amount of friends who have just had babies, and some of them are getting baptized because they're Catholic. You know, if you're not Catholic, a lot of churches have this dedication ceremony, which basically has the parents just stand up and say that they will raise the child in the church. Um and so I just wanted to do a podcast episode all about baptism and how different denominations you know go through that what's it called um not ritual it's like a oh sacrament I guess yeah maybe that's the word so you know because I have been to multiple non-denominational churches where they do this dedication but a lot of uh, those churches wait till you're an adult and can make the decision on your own to get baptized. I have really been toying with the idea of getting baptized again because I was baptized as a as a baby. And reading the scripture, I thought, you know, maybe I should be getting baptized as an adult because now that I have made the decision for myself, you know, that seems to be what a lot of the scripture implies. So anyway, I just wanted to do a full investigation on baptism where it is in the Bible, what, um, how each denomination or religion basically does baptism, and if there were any other religions that do it or if it was just basically a Christian uh, thing. So that is what we're going to be doing today. Thank you all so much for joining. And let's get into baptism. let's start out with the most basic, just intro. And that is, what does the Bible say about baptism? There are many places that baptism is talked about within scripture. And so I just found this, you know, BibleLife.com article that shows 19 Bible verses that talk about baptism. So I will link all these below so you can go read them and reference them whenever you would like. But let's just read a few of them. So Mark 16, 16 says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Um, That first one, really quick, let's circle back to the first one about whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. There... And we'll get into a little bit more, but there are definitely differences in denominations or between denominations based on if they think that baptism is actually necessary for salvation. So verses like this, where it says, "Whoever believes in bapt and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned," so that last half kind of implies that only if you do not believe. You will be condemned. The front half, some people construe it as you must be baptized to be saved. The church that I go to, for example, says that, you know, baptism is not necessary for salvation, but it's an outward symbol of your belief. And, you know, other denominations do think it's um, necessary for salvation, the actual act of water baptism. So kind of an interesting distinction there that we'll get into when we are comparing... Denominations. Okay, Acts 2, 41 says, So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day by three thousand souls. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all um first peter three twenty one says baptism which corresponds to this now saves you not as a removal of dirt from the body but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. so again, it's like a public declaration that you are born again um acts two thirty eight says and Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts twenty two sixteen says, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. So there's like this whole um, other element of it, of repenting and being baptized. So there's something more here, and I will link that. Um, there's also baptism of the Holy Spirit. John 1.33 says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom, he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So there's water baptism, there's Holy Spirit baptism. And, um, for example, Luke 3.16 John answered them all saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Acts 1.5, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this is when in Acts, um, you know, they start speaking in tongues on Pentecost and they filled them with the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. But today we're talking about water baptism. So that is what the Bible says about baptism. Now, I wanted to know where the actual like act of baptism originated from, because um, John the Baptist was already baptizing people in water. It's not like he came up with it. It doesn't seem. And so this was already kind of happening. So where did this originate from? It says, baptism in the Christian tradition most likely stemmed from the Jewish ritual called mikvah. The washing or bathing of one's person and clothing in water were common practices meant to reestablish purity as required by laws in Jewish texts such as the Tanakh. One could not enter the Holy Temple if they were unclean. So the mikvah was a necessary part of the Jew- Judaic initiation process. Seven days after circumcision, the candidate was immersed in flowing water. When he emerged, he was considered an official Israelite. So it's like a cleansing practice or an initiation, um, practice when you're converting to be, uh, an Israelite, I guess. Today, there are three major forms of baptism. There is immersion, effusion, and aspersion. So effusion is the pouring of water and aspersion is the sprinkling of water, um, you know, very subtle differences, but again, this kind of differs within denomination. So, I was baptized. I wasn't baptized in a Catholic church. I think it was a, but I believe it was by a priest. I think it was an Anglican church and priest that baptized me, and I believe they sprinkled water on my head as a baby. So, uh, yeah, kind of interesting how it all it all differs, but. This brings up the debates of, there's kind of like, there's a few necessary, or er, there's a few um core debates around baptism between all the denominations. And that is, if they do infant baptism, or only like adult baptism, whether you do the sprinkling, the pouring, or immersion, and then if it's necessary for salvation or not necessary for salvation, So let's go through some of these um, different denominations and talk about, you know, how they actually practice baptism. So Adventist, in the Adventist church, baptism expresses a person's personal faith in Christ who died for our sins. It's only by full immersion. And if you have been baptized by other churches, They're accepted only on certain conditions. So it would make sense to me that if you say, oh, I was baptized as a four-month-old, because Adventists believe that baptism needs to be a personal expression of your faith, they would not recognize you as being baptized in the church. So if I went to an Adventist church, they would say I'm not baptized. Um, Baptist, some of these don't actually outline if it's necessary for salvation, um, it doesn't say that for Adventists that it's necessary, but it it strikes me as saying, like, yes, it's a personal symbol of my faith in Jesus Christ. So it's not the act itself is not necessary for salvation, but your belief in Christ is necessary for salvation. Um but for baptism, or sorry, for for Baptist churches, it's not entirely uh, necessary for salvation which is kind of ironic because it's a baptist church baptism you know kind of seems to be rooted in the entire thing but they say it is not entirely necessary for salvation it is by immersion only baptisms of baptisms of other churches are accepted only if they're done by immersion so again they would say that i am not baptized because i had like a sprinkling not immersion infants are not baptized in the Baptist church and the candidate must first believe. So let's, you know, once you're around like 12 to 14, that's really when you can declare your faith. And well, I, I say 12 to 14, I'm sure it could be younger, but like my church kind of says, hey, if you're young, we kind of need to talk to you, make sure you actually believe this and can take on this faith like as your own. So the candidate has to first believe Then be baptized by immersion. Okay, the Catholic Church, this is, this has been the one I'm most familiar with. You know, growing up, we went to Catholic Church, and so I'm very, I'm much more familiar with like Catholic baptism. So this is done by either pouring, sprinkling, or immersion. So if you're an infant, I've seen sprinkling most common. I guess I don't necessarily know the difference between pouring and sprinkling. I'm I think it's pretty similar. You know, you're pouring a small stream or sprinkling a little bit. So maybe maybe I've seen a lot of the pouring um baptisms, but baptisms of other churches are accepted when performed as the Catholic Church prescribes. So I have a feeling that a lot of baptisms are not accepted by the Catholic Church because they have to be done exactly how the Catholic Church does it and I don't think a lot of other denominations do it like that. So they believe it is necessary for salvation and infants are baptized. The idea there is to wash away original sin, um, because everyone's born with original sin. And so cleansing your original sin as early as possible is the best. And so that's why Catholics are baptized as infants. Um... Okay, Christian scientists, which I do not consider a Christian, I don't know, that doesn't seem like even a Christian denomination, honestly, but, uh, baptism is not a physically manifested rite or ritual. They do not immerse, sprinkle, or do any outward ordinance. Baptism is purely the spiritual purification of daily life. So yeah, they don't do baptism at all. And they just say like, yep, your life will get better. Your spirit will be purified. Basically this, the process of sanctification they say is your baptism. Again, I don't really consider Christian science a, an actual Christian denomination. So it's kind of interesting that it's in this list. Another one that I really don't, consider Christianity is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the LDS slash Mormon Church. Um, This says that through the atonement, Christ the Redeemer and Savior assured redemption or resurrection for all. Provides for uh, baptism. Oh my gosh. Baptism provides for salvation and exaltation according to our personal worthiness. The baptismal covenant is the first covenant a person makes with God. Members are baptized at the age of eight, the age at which they take accountability for their sins. So that's very interesting. First of all, eight eight is kind of an interesting age for accountability for your sins. I know for like in the Jewish tradition, it's, you know, 12 and 13, I think based on gender. Um, so eight is pretty young, but I also think it's interesting that everyone is baptized like at a distinct age because my mind just kind of works in the fact like you will get baptized when you accept Jesus as your savior. And then the baptism is a, is symbolic of that or representing that you've made that decision publicly. It's like a public declaration. It seems odd to me to set an age to it where all members are baptized at eight, Um, but that's what they do. The other thing, and we talked about this in our, you know, LDS history of the Mormon church episode is there's a whole other level to baptism in the Mormon church, because you can go and baptize someone who is dead. So if you think that they never heard the gospel or they never got exposed to the Mormon faith, you can go, and you're kind of expected to go, it sounds like, and start baptizing in the name of the dead people so that they will still have a chance to get to heaven. So this is why Mormon genealogy is so good. Like, if you go into trying to track back your ancestors, there's a good chance that... A lot of the records that you're going to find are through like a Mormon organization or church that has all these family lineage records. Because they want to be able to go back and baptize as many people as they can, even if they're not alive anymore. So they have very good genealogy records so they can go back in their family tree and baptize their ancestors posthumously. So... That part is not mentioned in this article but I did learn that from the history of the Mormon Church episode that this is something that if you are a basically a good Mormon who is able to be accepted into the temple if you have I think it's called temple rights or temple yeah maybe it's temple rights Correct me if I'm wrong on that. And I will put like a little fact check at the end of the episode. But what are those called? Um, But if you go into the temple, part of what you do is like stand in the baptism pool. And you basically say like, I am kind of a stand in for this person who has died. And you physically get baptized kind of in place of them. And so they have a chance of possibly going to heaven. So that is a a very, a more complicated nuanced part of, of that baptism. Okay. The denomination disciples of Christ, um, which I don't even know if I've really heard of, but they do baptism by immersion. It is a symbol that shows one's obedience. It's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, which I feel like is pretty standard. Like, You go in the water, that's your death, and you're being buried, and then you rise. Like, when you come out of the water, it's symbolic of resurrecting, because, you know, Christ resurrected. Um, Only those old enough to know what they are doing when they confess the name of Christ are baptized. So, it doesn't specify a specific age, but I'm assuming, like, if you're really young and you say, I want to get baptized, they might not let you do it unless they feel like you kind of know the weight of that. Eastern Orthodox, um, this is by immersion for the remission of sins and entrance into the church. It is essential to salvation, and it must be performed by someone holding proper priesthood authority. It is required of all eight and older, and infants are not baptized. So, again, this is an interesting one. I thought this was a Mormon-only thing at first, that this is required of all uh, members Eight and older, which eight again seems pretty uh, young. Another way that this kind of differs from what I've seen with like a lot of non-denominational churches is you can really be baptized with by anyone. You know, like when we watched uh, Duck Dynasty, they would be baptizing people in the in the river, just like anyone could baptize you if you come to know Christ, you can just go to any body of water with pretty much anyone, and they can, you know, lead you through basically a prayer, and then you get baptized. With Eastern Orthodox, it has to be someone who is a priest, has the proper, you know, priesthood authority, and it's very, it's much more specific. Episcopalian, uh, it can be done by immersion or pouring. In an emergency, any Christian may baptize, saying, In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So, like, I guess an emergency would be, like, if you're about to die and you want to get baptized, it doesn't have to be by a priest or, you know, the head of the church or anything. It is necessary to salvation, and infants are baptized. Jehovah's Witnesses is also by immersion in a lake or river. There's no fonts or anything. So, like, Jehovah's Witnesses, you know, are very conscientious about like any symbols or images or you know they don't say the pledge they don't celebrate birthdays so it kind of makes sense with that there would not be a font to go baptize you in so it has to be done in a natural body of water it sounds like it symbolizes being dead to your old way of life they do not believe that baptism cleanses you from sins um, but it's symbolic of you being saved and infants are not baptized Okay, Lutherans, they are done any of the three ways. They don't care. Sprinkling, pouring, immersions. Uh, baptisms performed by other churches are accepted when all the Bible conditions are met, which um, is kind of interesting. Like, they don't go into much detail about what that means, but they think it's necessary to have salvation, except in rare instances, and infants are baptized. Uh, Methodist is pretty similar to that. It's by sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. It's only an outward sign. So it's not necessary to salvation. If you're baptized in another church, they accept you as baptized in their church and infants are baptized. Presbyterian, same thing. Sprinkling, pouring, or immersion. Infants are baptized. It is not necessary for salvation. Other churches are accepted. Um, So it's, it's pretty much identical, it sounds like, to Methodist baptism. Quaker, they do not believe in the outward ritual of baptism, which is very interesting because like we're reading the Bible and we see that there is, I don't know, we see that there is baptism. So I'd be interested in actually researching the Quakers more in depth because they have a lot of interesting beliefs from what I've heard. Like I keep hearing about all these Quaker schools on the East Coast and stuff and seeing shows about it and how they're super pacifist and they just have a whole set of very interesting beliefs. But um, they do not believe in the outward ritual of baptism. They think it's an ongoing spiritual process that should be tr- that should not be treated as an event. And it says inward baptism and communion are the most important to spiritual life. But that's just confusing to me because you read the Bible and John the Baptist is baptizing, Jesus is baptizing. So I don't really understand why at- a certain point, that would stop. I'm sure they have an explanation for it, but I do not know it. Unitarian. um, I just heard about this like a few years ago, because one of my mentors is actually a Unitarian. And it's very, I don't know, seems a little wishy-washy to me, like the whole Unitarian church, I guess. Well, I don't know. I haven't looked into it enough, but this description of baptism really aligns with what I um, would assume the Unitarian Church would do. They said they do not baptize. Members are admitted by the following covenant. In, In the love of truth and spirit of Jesus, we unite for the worship of God and the service of man or by signing statement of ethical purpose. So that's Unitarian. They don't baptize. And then the United Church of Christ, baptism is done at the time of confirmation and reception into the church. Infants infants presented by parents or sponsor, it's usually performed by sprinkling. So infants can be baptized, or you can just, if you kind of convert and join the church, you will be confirmed and baptized at the same, same time. So that is the rundown of different denominations and how they choose to baptize. So very interesting how it's all Like we're reading the same word, Uh, I I guess, other than Mormons and, you know, but we're all reading the same thing and all those denominations have like a different way of baptizing, which is just so interesting to me. Um, Okay. So then the last thing I kind of wanted to research here was if other religions have the equivalent of baptism or if it was just a Christian thing. And this is what I found. It says though the ritual of baptism is practiced by most Christians, it is also practiced by the Sikhs, which this I guess Sikhism is a monotheistic religion founded on Oh my gosh, let me try this again. It is a monotheistic religion founded more than 500 years ago by Guru Nanak of the Gnostic Mandianism, an ancient religion still viable today in Iran and Iraq. Whose theology favors John the Baptist over Jesus? The Sikh baptismal ceremony is called Amrit. It began in 1699 by Guru Gobind Singh. The Mandians view baptism. Mandians, yeah, view baptism as simply a purification ritual. So, kind of going back to more of what the original Jewish um, ceremony was, where it's like a purification uh, ritual or I guess an initiation, but I think it was mostly cl- a cleansing and purification ritual. They said, Islam also has a ritual of washing by submersion called gusul, gusul but it is similar to the more modern Jewish mikvah. Women must wash after menstruation and Muslim men must wash after sex. Prayers of forgiveness or for unclean or impure actions follow both rituals. And then this basically says that, like, many other religions have some sort of ceremony to commemorate new believers, initiate them into the church. But it's really not the same as baptism. Not a lot of religions have an actual baptism. They'll have, like, this is what you need to do um, to get into the church. But there's not a water baptism component. So... And really, it's not even the same with the Sikhs because, well, I guess Amrit, let me, I, I think the Sikhs are the closest, basically. Um, let me just look really quickly because this article kind of makes it a little bit unclear about whether... Yeah, okay. So the Amrit ceremony is basically baptism for Sikhs. The article didn't make it clear if that was considered a purification ritual or if that was like a water baptism more in the Christian sense. Sounds like it's more, it's close to the Christian baptism ceremony. And then all other religions that we have talked about, it's more of a purification ritual instead of a, you know, declaration of something you believe. So that is how different religions view baptism, mostly a Christian thing and Sikhs uh, also do amrit, which is basically baptism. So that is what I researched for the history and, you know, the practice of baptism. Very, very interesting. I, I, let's go over my thoughts on baptism here for a second. So like I said, I was, I was, Baptized as a four month old in a church by sprinkling. And I don't know, when I read those scriptures about baptism, I don't think I really agree with infant baptism. From what everything I just gather, if I'm just reading things at the surface level, it seems like you need to, you know, know Jesus. And then you decide like you decide to follow him, and then you get baptized that's the that's the gist I get now I have heard that there is an argument that there's a Bible verse where like a whole family gets baptized, and there's a kid there that gets baptized, and he's not necessarily making the decision to follow Jesus. It's like the family, so I think that's how a lot of people justify infant baptism um but for me, I just feel like it makes most sense to me after reading the scripture to say, once I'm old enough to follow Jesus and know what I'm doing, that's when you get baptized. So I'm inclined to get baptized again. Um because I'm an adult who's now made a decision to follow Jesus, and that is an outward symbol that I'm following Jesus. Um So I have been tempted because my church does these baptism weekends, but it's always like on Easter or Christmas and it's in Lafayette, Colorado, which is like a a decent amount away from where I live. So, um, I don't necessarily think it's necessary for salvation, but the belief in Christ is. And when you believe in Christ, then the kind of natural thing seems to be to get baptized. So, Um, yeah, those are my thoughts. I guess that kind of aligns with that first denomination that we looked at. Let me go back to this article here. Adventist, um, immersion only, and it expresses a person's personal faith in Christ who died for our sins. That's kind of my thoughts about it. Um, and getting, getting baptized as an adult. So Anyway, that my opinions could always change on that. But um, as of right now, that's what I kind of am leaning towards. So that is all for the baptism episode. Let me know your thoughts about, you know, when you were baptized, when you believe baptism is, is valid. If you think that uh, any of the methods are necessary. I don't really, I don't think I care about the method. I would think immersion because that's what they did in the Bible. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about the the method question. But Let me know if you have any strong thoughts. I will leave the like, Q&A open on Spotify so you can reply. And I would love to hear your your thoughts on it. So thank you all for listening to the episode. I will see you next week for another one. Bye, everyone.